All right, we are back live. Hi, Ron. Hi, hello. Okay, again, today's date is... What is today's date? 21st, July. Today's date is July 21st, 2023. And this is episode 31. Hello and welcome, everybody. We are back live. This is an official Godcast. Sorry for the technical problems. Just lost the internet here. That's all. Okay. So I'm back. Are we back on? Mary's back right now. Yep. And I hear high Vistas on Podbean. So she is good. And um, it didn't interrupt our testimony. That's the good news. We hadn't got started there yet. Can they hear us talking right now? Can everybody hear us? Uh, Can we get a five, five on sound? I got five fives. Yeah. Five fives all the way around. Hope's here. Living's here. Jillian San Diego's here. Truth Patriot, I'm getting five fives. DJ Shaw's here. That's a beautiful thing. Love my Michigan friends. Christian and Training is back. Hello, haven't seen you in a while. Thanks for joining us, Tammy. Okay, I think we got everybody back here. Uh, you want to join us on Podbean, Mary? Uh, I did send you an invite just to give you a backup. And um, if we can, let's start with an opening prayer. Sound good? Sound good? Sound good? Sound good? Sound good? Sound equity? That was sweet. That was sweet. That was sweet. That was sweet. That's me. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> We're used to sound issues here, aren't we? <laughs> right. Okay. So everybody's in. Everybody's okay. We're all buckled in again. Yeah. For those listening on the recording, we lost the internet and we had to start the show over. So if the intro of the show is a little bit different, yeah, you just bear with us. Come with a little grace tonight, can you please? Thank you. God yes. bless you. <laughs> okay. All right. Here's our. Uh, let's start out with an opening prayer, and then we'll get to High Vistas with our testimony for tonight. Okay. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for being with us here tonight. Uh, I can feel your presence already. I know that you're here. I know that you're with us. Uh, Lord, please be our pastor tonight. Be our preacher tonight. Uh, we ask for. A little grace for our technical difficulties. And Lord, we ask that you are with us for the rest of this just to squash any technical difficulties that we may get in the future. I know you'll take care of that and handle that so we have a nice, good testimony that everybody can hear. Lord, we thank you so much for High Vistas. Thank you for her for being here, for stepping forward and giving her testimony. We ask that the words that she has tonight are given by you and that will bring people to salvation that need you, and also to encourage the other believers that are here listening. Uh, Lord, we also ask that if you could please help us to focus on you, not just this hour in in the next couple hours, but also in the next week, Lord, just help us to focus on you and focus on your kingdom. Please take our minds away from the things of this world and just bring us closer to you. Draw us closer to you, Lord. In your son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, let's start Thank this you, again. Ron. Hey, my pleasure. Hi, Vistas, are you here? Can we get a Can we get a hello from you? How about an amen? Amen. <laughs> oh, and I I did hear part of it that she just had just started, and so um, I apologize for that, and we'll just go wherever you want to start right now. <laughs> 
thank you. And I think maybe, um, maybe God thought I needed a little warm up. So I thank him for that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the chat was great. They just encouraged me to just go and I, and I listened and I went. So now we're going to, we're going to regroup and we're going to start again. So thank you for having me. And thank you for the opportunity to, to share my journey and um, may it touch those ears that need to hear it and um, share a little bit more about me that I know you guys, um, some I know better than others and you're going to know a lot more about me and Devo by the end of this. So for those that have tuned in to hear the the dirt on Devo, you're going to get some, but it isn't going to be dirt, just so you know, it's the best parts <laughs> yeah. of it. So yeah. with that being said, yeah, so back to, um, I'd like to start again at the beginning, because that's the best place to start. Romans 8, um, verse 31. That for me, uh, what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who, and then I add, or what is written in my Bible, can be against us. No matter the trauma, the pain, or joy, every face that God has worn for me, he has always been for me. No doubts whatsoever on that one. I've always known God was real in my life. My challenge, honestly, has been finding him in my life. God gave me um, a fringe dweller path in life. And I know that's a new term. And I started to be able to explain it to you. And maybe because I use that clock sound thing is why the, uh, is why the, the Chinese shut down our, um, our podcast. So we won't use that again. Is what I've just decided. <laughs> so we're going to use a different, we're going to use something else. So I, we are determined. yeah, exactly. That's right. We find, we always find a way through. We have help that, yeah. uh, I really live, have lived most of my life in, in isolation and outside of what most people think about their life. I, I've really lived, um, on the edge and dwelling in the fringe that, um, in the world and out of the world, that it's really more, I think, um, in a different world in some ways than what most people would experience. And most of my life, I didn't know that most of, most of the rest of the world didn't live the same life that I lived or have the same experiences. So where um, I think I had gotten to was talking about um, how I was, I'm connected to things that other people um, don't see and oftentimes don't understand. I'm always receiving guidance and information um, through divine channels. People ask me, how do I know that? And I, I don't know. It's, it's integrated into me and it in, into my way of being. It's who I am. I don't know how to separate what I know through divine channels from what I figure out in my, in my human brain. Um, for example, I, when I listen to really good music, and I, I think I used the term, I first found out about this with classical music, actually, when I was a little girl. I would close my eyes and listen to the music, and I could actually see the color of music. And most people would say, what? Music doesn't have color? And I'm like, yes, it does. I can see it. And they just, they'd have me close my eyes, and they'd listen to the music, and they're just like, what color is that? What color is that? And it just, people, um, and I was teased somewhat, because people had no idea that that was possible and thought that I had to be imagining things or seeing worlds, seeing things that weren't there for other people. So it further pushed me, I think, into 
being quieter about what I experienced and not always talking about those things. I also didn't know how to do life inside a human body, I guess is, I don't, I struggle with words on how to describe this to you, to you guys. It's just one where I was and believed and it's better now, but there was a time where I was way too big um, to fit inside my body. It was crowded when I tried to get in here and there was not enough room and I didn't like it. So I spent most of my life not understanding this. Imagine if you will, for just a moment, a little girl with long blonde braids and green eyes, skipping along, holding the string of a red balloon, innocent and in love with life. Now, recognize that the red balloon that she's holding on the string behind her actually represents my physical body. I knew that I needed my physical body in order to, to do life here. I just didn't know how to do life inside the body. So I did what I had to, and then I spent most of my time outside of it in living in creative realms and worlds and in a lot of ways that I'd built for myself or things that came through that I could just see and experience it differently. The So there's kind of the big intro and it's like, where do you go with that? Well, we'll change gears into a little bit more normal stuff, brief history, because it's always I like to know a little bit about people's history, so I thought you guys might like to know too. Uh, I have a brother and a, and a sister. Um, my mom and dad were married for 33 years. Uh, typically, um, I shouldn't say typical, I, I grew up in a very dysfunctional family. Alcoholism played a part. The trauma and challenges um, of that life either created skill sets or they activated skill sets that served each one of my family members on our path. Healing looked and looks different for each one of us, even though we shared the same path. Growing up, my dad died um, when he was 53. My mom, my brother, and my sister have always been very, very close. And I'm very grateful for that. When I was little, my mom and dad were Roman Catholics. That's what they were when I was born. And my mom was what my mom was fertile myrtle, and my mom had five children um, in less than three years, including a set of twins that actually passed away between my brother and I and were only 18 months apart. The doctor told my mom, no more babies after my younger sister, and um, my mom said, okay, and the church said, absolutely not, and my mom and dad left the church. So that was kind of the end of any immediate family potential um church upbringing that would happen based upon a family unit in the way that I grew up, that um, religious teaching in church came, um, instruction came through my grandparents. My grandfather was a deacon in a, um, a liberal Catholic church. My grandmother played the organ and um, organized the flowers. Service was still in Latin when my sister and I were little girls. I do remember learning Adeste Fidelius or O Come All Ye Faithful in Latin before I actually ever knew the words in, in English, which I think is really interesting. My yeah. grandfather, yeah, my grandfather introduced me to the arts, theater, literature, comparative world religion, the basis of each foundation, theosophy, theology, and meditation. He was a brilliant man spoke seven languages, was a painter, a writer, and animals loved him, just like they like St. Francis of Assisi. I just, how they were connected to him was amazing to witness. Growing up through adulthood, I knew God was the creator of the universe and everything in it, including me, the source of everything. 
I still didn't know how to talk to him, though. I didn't know what the rules were. Short of always, it seemed like I was always asking for something that I needed. And it always felt a little out of balance to me. I didn't quite understand how the relationship was supposed to work. Fast forward, um, I got married. And then um, I got divorced. Not one right after the other. There were some years and some beautiful children and some good years of marriage in there. But my, my major breaking, what I call my major breaking, where God provided circumstances and experiences to break me because it's what I needed, um, was to show me that I failed at marriage. That was really hard for me. It was the first time I actually experienced surrender. I can still tell you the day was September 15th. When I knew, and I can still feel it in my bones, laying on the floor in the middle of my bedroom, coiled up in the fetal position, crying out to God and not understanding everything I had ever envisioned about my future was gone. And I had no idea how I was going to pick up the pieces. My kids needed me. I have two kids, Luke and Loie, a boy and a girl. And I could help them, but who was going to help me? I knew God was my path and entered divorce care. Divorce care, for those of you that don't know, is a Christian-based organization that uses scripture and um, the Christian lifestyle to actually help um, people through divorce with um, biblical teachings. Um, changed my life really changed my life. They offered an opportunity for the kids to study. So we went once a week and the kids would go to the kids version and I actually got to sit in the adult version. And I learned many things um, that I hadn't been taught in a way I hadn't been taught. So again, um, God said, here I am in your life and let me help you. And I said, yes. At this point, um, I'd like to share something. For, for those of you that don't know, I'm a writer, and I have been a writer my entire life, and I've actually really stepped into more writing in recent years. And there's a short little thing that really will take you to a moment in time to stand with me, to really feel where I was. The title of this is called How Christmas Was Broken. The sound of glass shattering against the stone floor jarred me back into the present moment. As I looked down to see the uncountable shiny shards reflecting the sunlight streaming through the window nearby, I admonished myself for not paying attention and being more careful with the beautiful blown glass ornament that I was removing from the Christmas tree. Christmas is my favorite time of year. I love the holidays, the blessings and gratitude that come with Thanksgiving, followed by the sparkle, the magic, and the love that comes each year with Christmas. This year's Christmas was none of those things. It had been a tumultuous year where many things that needed repair did not receive the required attention. They were now permanently broken. Things that needed to be together were separated. Words that needed to be spoken were never heard. I filed for divorce on the 1st of December. How was I going to create the magic of Christmas for my two young kids? I felt as broken as the ornament and all its shattered pieces that were scattered across the floor in front of me. The magic of the season did arrive, although I claim no credit. 
How I live through and survived each day, I do not know. Instinct and sheer survival drove me solely because there was no other option. It was for them. We changed everything about Christmas. We traveled to spend the holiday with family in a neighboring state, changing the environment so Christmas could arrive in a happy place for them. They were surrounded by love and family, creating cherished memories that one day, years from now, we would recount to each other. Christmas was now over. The new year had arrived with the promise of new beginnings. New doors were open, and I had no idea what was coming next. I felt broken, lost, and incapable of ever being able to pick up the pieces of my life and find a way through. After cleaning up the broken glass, I reached for the next ornament on my quest to put Christmas away until next year. As I looked down at the ornament resting in my hand, I saw a tear splash as it touched the top of the shiny ornament, and then another, and another. I noticed the wetness in my hand while my mind reeled trying to make sense of what was happening. Each year, the kids and I have a tradition of buying a new ornament for our Christmas tree. We go early in the season, browse and consider many options, and not until we unanimously agree is our annual quest completed. This year, we chose a beautiful sterling silver, smooth and flowing three-letter word, delicately balanced with a red satin ribbon that would hold this beautiful word on our tree this year and for many years to follow. As my gaze returned to our new ornament resting in my hand, between the tears, I could clearly see the three letters, J-O-Y. As I took a deep breath, and then another, recognizing how profoundly I had been affected by the action of taking joy, carefully wrapping it in tissue, placing it in a box, inside a bin, on a shelf, in the back of a closet, where it would stay protected and hidden in the dark for the next year. In that moment, symbolically and literally, I was profoundly aware of how important having joy in my life was. That ornament hung from a kitchen cabinet for the entire year. The following year was easier, healing was happening. We purchased more joy ornaments, each a little different. Each hangs all year long in a different room in our home. As our tradition grew, so did our collection. Today, every room in our home is filled with joy. So since I can't see anybody or hear anybody, I'm hoping you like that. And yes. Yeah. yeah but I wanted to give you a peek into who I was and where I was and um, and how I stepped forward. That life moved on and the divorce got um, got done. It took three years and it was one where um, three years was from, um, I actually ended up getting, my divorce was finalized on the day I got married. So it was really a very um, divine message that I opened and closed that marriage on the same day in, in the calendar year. Yeah. yeah. So moving forward, what came next for me is the kids were growing. Life was moving on. I was running a business. Um, we skipped all that. But you guys know what? Devo and I went to college together after 
after college, I went to Arizona. I have a degree in chemistry and went to work in a laboratory that led me into actually a business opportunity. And I worked in healthcare and uh, ran my own business, which gave me a lot of freedom to be able to, to be there when the kids went to school in the morning and when they came home at night. And then to take to be the um, the parent that got to go on the field trips and to do all the fun things. So I was very grateful for those blessings. As the kids got older, um, I got to step into more of my own healing and my own understanding. Where I was struggling, though, is that I was very definitely um, a female, and I have no problem saying female. I know what I am. I'm not confused. <laughs> Just I know you guys are all laughing out there. I can hear you. Even though I can't, I can still hear you. That I'm very clear that I'm a girl, and I'm a female, and my body is female. That uh, I know I couldn't resist. But with that being said, the challenge, there was no transgender challenge here. What the challenge was is a male success model that when you are a female, and ladies, you may get this, when you are a female living in a female body and you apply the male success model, which is really what we were offered. It's what was modeled to us. It's what, we, what we've seen around us. It's how we measure success in our society. It does not, it does not, um, it doesn't do well. Um, female bodies are not designed to function under male success models. And I, I really understood that. I think that was part of why I didn't understand how I fit or I didn't want to be in the body because I didn't know how to use it. And my mom didn't, my mom didn't know how she didn't know what she didn't know. So she wasn't a model. So I didn't really have a feminine model in front of me. I worked in an industry that was all men and was constantly proving myself, which that's all guys that guys, I can hear you. It's fine. I had to work 10 times harder. And that, that's not a complaint. I, they pushed me. It was, it was really good for me. They, they showed me, they gave me tremendous support and showed me how to grow in ways I wouldn't have had I not had that experience. However, I hit a point where I needed to start understanding my body and what it needed and how to honor it. And learning how to be in my body as a woman was something I didn't know how to do. And I spent the next few years really practicing that. I did a lot of deep work and really deep healing. And I learned a lot. I made amazing friendships with women actually all over the world. I met my dearest, bestest friend, Rachel, here more on her later. I went on retreats in the jungles of Belize, in chateaus in France, in castles across Europe, to Mexico, Canada, Hawaii, and many states, in the Outer Banks, Kiowa Island, and many more. I went places where there were a lot of women that wanted to work on, on to do their own deep work, and we did it together. And I learned many, many things about what it was to be a woman and that I never knew, and I was very, very grateful. It was right about this time. I know you guys are waiting for this. I actually invited Devo. This is where Devo got invited back into my life. That's where I was in my life. God was here again because it was January one year and my daughter, Chloe, I think 15 at the time. And there was a guy who was, was there was a sexual attraction with between the, there was, I shouldn't say it that way. There was, there was energy, you know, there was sexual energy between these two and I could see it and she didn't know what to do with it. And we spent a lot of time talking about how to manage that and what it was and, and really teaching her how to, 
to be able to understand what was happening in her body and that she had choices about what she was going to do with that. And it isn't necessarily the, the hormonal choice that just takes over. I didn't want her to think that that was her only choice. So as we were talking about some of these things, it reminded me actually of physics class in college, which is where I met Devo. And that energetic thing that we were just talking about with my daughter and that soccer player that um, in her world was exactly what happened between Devo and I. And it's part of what connected us, I think. And Devo and I did date for a while. So we had that relationship in college, but it was one where I think it was God said, nope, not yet. You guys need to go your own way and do your own thing and go learn some lessons. And then I'll bring you back together later. So I did something, even though I told you I was really working on being, really stepping into healing women and all the rest of it, I really think God had my, God had his hand on the keyboard this day because I was on Facebook and I looked up Devo. I didn't know where he was. I hadn't seen him since college. And I randomly, I, I took the first person with his name. And this is back in the day when the thumbnails were so small, you couldn't see the person or look at their profile if you weren't friends. And I sent this cryptic message to this guy and said, hey, this is so-and-so from BSU physics class, you know, how are you? Something came up today and made me think of you. And I sent it before I had a chance to not send it because had I had a chance to think about it, I would have never sent it. God, God pushed the button, no yeah. doubt in my mind. And um, this was in January. And for a few days, I was really nervous and I checked Facebook and I'm not a Facebook girl. So checking Facebook multiple times a day is a really big deal for me. And to say that I did that. And after about three days, it kind of just, it, it fell off and I didn't think about it. And I didn't hear back from him until April because Kevin's birthday. Wow. Yeah. Devo's birthday is in April and he doesn't spend any time on Facebook either. And he was on Facebook for his birthday and saw the message from me. So he types me back. He's like, Hey, yes, this is Kevin from, or this is Devo. Now you know his name. This is this from, um, uh, from physics class. How are you? Yeah. You know, and then he knew my brother because my brother went to college with us. He asked how my brother was doing my brother's name. So I knew this was actually the right person that I was looking for. And uh, just like that, God put us back together. We talked on the phone about a week later, it took me a little while to give him my number. Cause I'm just like, who is he now? Do you know that sort of thing? So we talked and it had been 26 years since we'd seen each other. And do you know, we, we opened the conversation and it was like not a moment had passed. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, so it was really amazing. So he was now back in my life at a time where I was learning how to be feminine inside a female body because he held masculinity, his masculine so strongly He's one of the rare men, for those of you out there that understand what I'm about to say. He was never demasculated. He, he never had his masculinity broken by a woman. And because of this, he, he held it so strongly and it was so safe to be with him that I could finally relax and breathe and surrender into um, being in my body and actually want to be in my body and really um, step into being who I was here. We did long distance for two years. 
We were now ready for each other. The foundation was strong. It was built on friendship and shared morals and values. We were building the foundation of our life together, one we would need in the years ahead. God was here too. Um, we reconnected in 2013, just so there's some dates in there so it makes a little bit more sense. Um, in 2015, April 1st, April Fool's Day, I think God has a sense of humor. You'll know why in just a moment. I was walking yeah. through my through my bathroom, like normal people walk through their bathroom. And I, for whatever reason, um, put my foot down and my foot didn't set just right. And down I went. I mean, just one little step and I went down and I actually broke several bones in my foot and I severed what my Liz Franck, which is the um it's what it's the ligament that um yeah that makes the arch in your foot so it's really kind of an important thing and it was my right foot so life changed very very quickly i wow. have always yeah so i had always been um you know i i've been running businesses doing my own thing you know right I was in control of a lot of things and I was always in the position to be able to give, even in my businesses, to provide service and to be of service and to give people what they needed. And I would, that my whole life had been around that with my family, raising my kids, all of these things. And um, God was here too. And he said, okay, we're going to try a little different. And I, this is my right foot. I couldn't drive. So I couldn't go anywhere. Somebody had to drive me. I had to be taken oh, every place yeah. I went. That for um, I was non-weight bearing. I ended up with surgery and a few other things, but I was non-weight bearing for two and a half months. So it's one of those where um, God decided that I had to receive from others at a level that I absolutely would have never chosen for myself. And He yeah. said, "Okay, so now that we've we're, we're, we've changed speed and we're in a different gear." Now you got some time to do some of those things that you you've been so busy you haven't made any time for. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll catch up on things. So I caught up on 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 health things. You know, I needed as a woman, I needed to do a mammogram, and I needed to also do a colonoscopy and all of these other things. So I went in. It was so April first timeline here for a moment. April first, I went in on and I had surgery, so I'm recovering. So the 11th of June sticks in my mind you'll know why in just a moment i went into my colonoscopy and i got i got done and you know how you wake up and you see that your little colonoscopy guy your your doctor comes in and he's like hey and you're i'm looking at him with my thumb up in the air big smile on my face still kind of high from the you know the sleepy stuff and i'm like everything good and he looks at me stone cold super no smile nothing and he's like no julie um you have cancer and it was like, wow. So um, I was surrounded by amazing friends and amazing teams and, and doctors. And on the 11th of June, I was diagnosed with um, stage two cancer, colon cancer. And on the 9th of July, less than 30 days later, I had surgery um, and had my colon rice resected and the, the cancer was gone. Now, if you're going to have colon cancer, 30 days or less is the, even though there's a surgery involved, it was the best way to have cancer. Oh, wow. But there were, yeah, but there were also 
some complications and things happened that I had surgery with the foot and then I had the, I had the, the colon surgery. And then I actually had to have, ended up having a hysterectomy because it was in the way to get to the colon cancer. And then mammogram was funky. So then they wanted to do exploratory thinking that I had breast cancer. I had surgery four times in less than six months. It was just, God said, here, let's practice a few things on that body that you haven't been taking super good care of. And I said, okay. <laughs> so Devo flew down and stayed by my side. He slept in the hospital room with me every night, never left my side other than to go get food to eat. And he was there to be my advocate and to just let me know that I was safe and protected. And, and he was there and he brought me home. Um, we were home 23 hours and I spiked a fever, ended up back in the ER only to find out that I had a nosocomial infection, which in layman terms means I had, I, I got, a, I got pneumonia. And they didn't even know I had pneumonia yet. It showed up on the CT because they were concerned that I might have an infection from the surgery. And I was back in the hospital, this time longer for, I think, six or seven days this time. And I can honestly say it's the only time in my entire life that I actually thought I might die. And part of me feels that God gave me a choice here. I think that it was, if I wanted to have really left at that time, I think, I think he would have let me leave. But he also said, there's more work to do. Want to stay? And I said, yep, I do. So I stayed. And by the end of that year, I'd so same year. So this is 2015. I'd sold my house. I packed up my things. And Diva and I and the dog traveled across the country to our new life together. We left Arizona on Christmas Eve. It took me a while. Um, there was an adjustment to living very, very rural. It was very different from, even though I lived in a suburb, um, it was very, very different from the life that I'd left behind. You know, I'd closed doors on a career, on a business. I'd left my kids, who are now adults, behind. My mom, the friends and the life that I'd created in, in Arizona. It took time for me to adjust. I was isolated, literally. I was anxious, literally. And I, I was alone a good portion of the time because Diva would go to work and then I would just be here, me and the dog, kind of. And it was so quiet. I remember that. It was really, really quiet. And I didn't know what to do with quiet for a while. And then I realized I needed the quiet. I needed quiet and time to heal and rest from what I'd been through. And then I really recognized that I think it was the first time in my entire life that I'd actually slowed down and allowed myself to be quiet when I wasn't doing something all the time. We got married that year, later that year, and worked on creating our life and our future together. So amazing things were happening. And then major breaking number two, <laughs> December, 2018. It's easier to say that than you guys are prepared for what comes next. Um, December, 2018. Now we've talked about how Christmas was broken. This is the year that we didn't have Christmas. In the middle of December, I woke up one day and I, I was, I didn't feel good, but I couldn't sit down and I couldn't stand and I, I couldn't lean. I couldn't do anything. My body just hurt and I didn't understand why. And Kevin is, Devo is trying to go, okay, well, let's go to the doctor. I'm like, no, 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 I'm fine. So I went the whole entire day miserable, uncomfortable. Seven o'clock that night, I developed a fever. I'm like, okay, I'm ready to go to the ER. So he took, he took me to the ER, a CT, 
and all of a sudden um, life changed again. There was a new tumor in the place where I no longer had a colon and where they thought it was stage two, it actually had to have those micro seeds of stage three. And I now had a new tumor that was growing in 10 different directions around my spine, around my kidney, around all kinds of things that it shouldn't be growing around. And um, it was crazy. We um, immediately, um, they sent me for surgery because they wanted to place a stent to see if they could save my kidney and just to get me stabilized. And then we spent um, the 23rd of December that year, we were in the, um, the oncologist's office talking about the fact that there was nothing that they could do for me and that we needed to spend um, Christmas weekend looking at and making decisions on where we wanted them to send the referral because um, there was nothing they could do. They couldn't help us anywhere. And suddenly, again, um, fear was everywhere in our lives. And now we're going to, so this is a really good place for me to offer another one of my favorite verses, which is Joshua 1.9. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. I was really looking for him because I didn't feel him and I was really afraid. I've always lived in um, uncommon places in my mind, in my way of living. Now I was living in the spaces between the words. The words I, we were hearing we couldn't even comprehend them. I found God and peace in the space, in those spaces, however briefly before the next group of words was spoken by yet another doctor on my care team. We chose to go to Mayo. Mayo from our house is seven hours one way in a car in good weather. So to, to doctor that far away from home, knowing that we would spend the majority of um, our all of our free time and vacations and many, many trips um, there, we didn't do vacations. When we went on vacation, we went to Mayo. That was that was our vacation time, is how it looked for quite a while. That January of 2019, I spent the first two weeks at Mayo, including my birthday, which was the first of three birthdays that I would spend there. Um, my amazing friend, Rachel, who we talked about earlier, I want to talk about her for just a minute here. She saw me through the first cancer and she, naturopathic doctor, Chinese medicine. She um, was always helping me see things differently, challenging me to grow, showing me new and amazing ways to, to nourish my body and to, to help me heal, especially through the difficult things I've been through. And she sat me down on Zoom one night and she made it very clear. And she said, I was not a victim and I didn't get to be a victim. And cancer was not going to make me a victim either. And that I didn't have to do battle or go to war with cancer either. That that was all comes from society and what society tells us we have to do, that we have to fight. She said, there is no fighting here. She said, I want you to understand something. And for anybody else out there, please hear these words. They changed my life. 
What she told me is it cancer. Simply is cells that have forgotten how to die. These cells were not trying to harm me. These cells are a part of me, a part of my body. I needed them and I needed to love them, to thank them for serving me well. It wasn't their fault that they'd forgotten. It wasn't anybody's fault that this had happened. Going to war, she told me, going to war and doing battle the way the American Cancer Society tells you you have to do. And to be a survivor, in order to be a survivor, it means you have to be a victim first and you're not a victim. She said, so you're not going to war and you're not going to do battle with them because doing war with those cells that don't know how to die means you're going to war against yourself. And the only damage that's going to be caused in that war is to you on every level. And she changed my life. So I stepped into the second time in the journey through cancer. Mary, tell me you're there so that I don't feel like I'm talking to the air because that's important. I'm here. Yeah, we're, we're here. Okay. We're very drawn in here. Okay. So sharing this, you're doing so well. Thank you. So Rachel really, God spoke through Rachel and told me what I needed to hear, understanding that my mindset and my perspective was going to determine my outcome. In less than two weeks, they had already, Mayo had coordinated with my healthcare, my local team up here. I started um, five weeks of radiation and chemotherapy to arrest growth. Um, now, for those of you that don't know, I live in far, far, far northern Minnesota, like almost the Canadian border, for those of you that need to look at a map. Um, and during winter, extreme is how we describe it. Um, the fact that I needed to do five weeks of chemotherapy and radiation five times a week, so that's 25 days, almost in a row, I needed to be able to drive from my house, or really Kevin Devo was driving. He needed to be able to drive me the hour to where we needed to go to do radiation and chemo, and then to be able to come home in February and March in Northern Minnesota in the winter. And do you know, I blessed every one of those snowplow drivers because we didn't miss a single treatment. And I still don't know how that happened. So God have absolutely paved oh, the way. Yeah, yeah we know how Praise it is. God. Praise God. Exactly. So um, April, <laughs> yeah, April showed up, big surgery time. Mayo uses, and for those of you that aren't familiar with Mayo, Mayo has a team approach that's a little different than the rest of the way, the rest of the healthcare world does it in this country. And what they do Usually someplace else you want to go see the head of the department because they're the best doctor because that's how they got to be the head of the department. Well, that's true at Mayo too, but Mayo triages everybody. You don't get to pick your doctor. Mayo triages you and your case, and then they pick your doctor for you based upon who's most qualified to give you the care that you need. My surgeon. That. <laughs> yeah, my surgeon, I know, completely different way of thinking. My surgeon was the director of colorectal surgery. So in any other place, that would be awesome. In this place, it means that she 
was one of a handful of people in the whole entire world that had the skill set and the ability to actually do the surgery that was necessary um, to keep me on this planet. So God guided her hands. She was up for retirement. I was her last big case before she retired, by the way. Again, if God hadn't placed me there, then who I needed wouldn't have been there at that time. Surgery was 12 hours long, um, six surgical teams, three surgeons per team, 18 surgeons. I had um, what they call IORT, which is interoperatory radiation treatment. They actually use a linear accelerator. The OR is in a linear accelerator. And the vault that when you're actually open, they apply radiation to the tumor bed after they've removed the tumor. And you can have um, 25 to 50 times the amount of radiation directly in that tumor bed because it will kill those cells. It's targeted and it doesn't damage any of the cells going through it to get there. Um, Mayo is one of the only ones in our area for a number of states. There, there's a number of these in the country now, but at that time there weren't as many, but there um, was a really big deal. I had, because of how the tumor had wrapped itself around so much of that lower portion of my body, I um, had complete blood, blood loss of all the blood in my body. Um, I was fully transfused. I'm very, again, God working. I'm very, very grateful to yes. all of those B-positive blood donors whose blood was now um, moving through my body because there was none of my own was left. I lost body parts. I um, Lots of things happened. Things got changed. Um, it's amazing what your body can live with and without. Um, my heart struggled during surgery and afterwards. I was in ICU for days. I remember moments of it. Um, it was it was scary for Devo. That's probably what I remember most. He again sat in the chair, never left my side, talked to everybody that came in, made sure that I got whatever I needed and I was taken care of. He prayed constantly by my side. Seven days later, after out of ICU, Devo and my mom took me home. It took him two days. I had no idea that the hard parts hadn't even happened yet. I slept in a hospital bed in our dining room for 115 days. Devo slept on the sofa in the living room. Nursing came several times a week, occupational therapy, physical therapy, nurses aid, a revolving door of care. I'd barely been home seven days when I was broken even further two things occurred almost simultaneously. Rachel, my best friend and doctor and wise woman who God spoke to me through often, was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer. My best friend, same path. Seriously? Complications from surgery showed up about the same time. Pain, not surgical healing pain, like when you move wrong and it hurts. This was capital letter pain that came out of nowhere. Diva would be talking to me and the pain would arrive. It would start with a grimace, tears showing up in my eyes, then tears streaming down my face. I couldn't be touched. I couldn't be consoled. I couldn't process any sensory input. My eyes would close to shut out the light the pain would intensify. 
Devo would scramble for pain meds, lots of narcotics, hydrocodone, oxycodone, Dilaudid, all at once. The only thing that moved the pain was screaming over and over and over again for about 45 minutes until the drugs kicked in and exhaustion overtook me. The pain was gone until the next time. This Sometimes this occurred nine times a day. Oh, wow. Emergency calls to Mayo, emergency visit to Mayo. I was no longer able to walk. A wheelchair was now how I was moved around. A lot of doctors, a lot of words, many questions. They finally had a plan. In the meantime, I can honestly say in my heart of hearts, I do understand why people commit suicide because of pain. And that could very easily have been me too. Are you cutting out? What? I'm sorry. I don't know if it's the Very audio or, or what. We can just pray about that right now. Just Okay. Lord, we just want to lift up this situation to you right now. In the name of Jesus, we pray against any technical issues that just might be arising right now. In the name of Jesus, get out. Holy Spirit, just fill this space. Just fill this space with your peace and your joy, your gentleness. Amen. Amen. How are you doing, honey? I'm good. There? That actually was probably the break. Yes. I can hear you now. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Beautiful. You just continue on so, whenever you're ready. Okay, thank you. In the meantime, I can honestly say I do understand why people commit suicide because of pain. And that could have easily been me, too. Instead, what happened is when the pain occurred, imagine being in a dark room, no light. When you reach out, you can't feel the walls. Now imagine reaching up, no ceiling, and now look down, no floor, just you in the darkest. No idea how long you will be there or how long you've been there. Off in the distance, you hear muffled screams. In this dark nothingness, I heard God speak very clearly to me. He told me, I've always been here. I've always been with you and for you. It just needed to be quiet enough for you to hear me. Yes. God showed me the way through. It took many weeks. They finally found a way to control the pain. Rachel and I started chemotherapy a week apart. 
the very same chem chemicals were running through her veins as the ones a week later were in mine. We made a pact. We we're going to see this through together, both on the other side of our cancer experiences. Early that fall, I paused chemo treatment and Devo took me to Portland to see Rachel. It took him four days to get me there. There was no way I could have traveled on the plane because of the pain I was still dealing with. And he drove and he stopped when I needed to stop and he started when I was ready to start. I was still walking with a cane. I spent nine amazing days with my amazing friend. I watched her smile through her pain. When I hugged her goodbye, I knew it would be the final time. Rachel claimed her wings two weeks later. Every completed cycle of chemo was harder than the next. Um, physically and emotionally, how could I celebrate when Rachel wasn't celebrating too? The guilt and the shame that I had nearing every ending and celebration that she would never get to share. God reminded me that we each have our own path. Rachel's was different than mine, and I still miss her every day. I experienced cancer in three ways. The best possible way, 30 days or less. The worst possible way without dying and actually death by cancer through Rachel. And the greeting that comes when you're the one left behind, but also the shame and the guilt on why, why did I get the pass? Why did I get the healing and she didn't? God walked with Devo and I during these times. Proverbs 13, verse 20. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. I finished chemo in January of 2020. My immune system was building again, and I was finally done wearing my mask. Our world became so small through this journey, really, really small. Everyday life was as basic as it could be. There wasn't room for anything else. So when, quote unquote, my fingers are up around COVID arrived, no shock for us. We've been living shut down and shut in for the previous year. Um, believe this, our faith and our Forge Through Fire Foundation had already occurred. We were already resilient and it made it easier to resist what the government was trying to do because we had just found our way through so much more. Because of this almost um, unbelievable events of my case, Mayo invited me to share my story in a national town hall last year. Um, I am still discovering and recognizing blessings from these times. I do believe God has always had a plan for me. I took a lot of detours 
and my attention was captured by distractions. I did many things the hard way. God say, said, okay, hi Vistas. If we're gonna get this done your way, you will need 400 years. Are you willing to do it my way? <laughs> <laughs> somewhere in all of that I said yes and he gave me so much at once and he also guided me every single step of the way yes he did yes and you know short of a few of the details that it took me um, two years and four months of physical therapy to actually be able to walk again um, and oh. if you were to see me now, I mean, I have, my hair is long, I'm healthy. Um, people, when they hear what I've just shared with you guys, they, they look at me and they say that, that, that can't be possible. There's no way you went through that. And I'm like, oh yes, believe me. I went through every single moment of it and so grateful. Um, and I, he's, I think he would have given me the way out if I couldn't have handled it. And he's the one who knew I could handle it. Because if he'd put it, if he'd given it to me to choose, um, I wouldn't have made the same choice he made for me. I was not in control then. Yeah. Yeah. So. Wow. Thanks for thanks for sticking with me through a couple of rough little rough moments. I got through it. It's I knew there were going to be some hard ones. Yeah. Um. I uh, I'm glad I had tissue. (laughs) So. Me too. Yeah. Very, very blessed, very grateful. He's the reason I'm here. Yes. He said, I'm not done yet. You got stuff to do. Yes. Get busy. And I know that for a fact, being your friend, that you do have more to do. Thank you. And I, yeah, I'm you. just, I'm so honored that you came on here to share this. And for all of you that are uh, listening, we, um, we have an opportunity and, and I've, you know, we've talked about this with, um high vistas and devo in advance tonight but um devo is going to call in and um he's going to um be able to come back on and share his his you know more of the story we're going to have him together on with with high vistas and um he he's able now to share um some perspective together with his wife and uh, also there were some things that were um maybe missed in the testimony that he had because we had some audio issues so you know we wanted to open up that time for him if he chooses to do that but um but also that the main thing is, is i think it would be really awesome for everyone and also for the two of you to be able to um just come on together because you are such a solid couple and it's um it's just a really uh it would be awesome to hear his his perception on this so we're going to allow him some time here with you and uh thank you for everybody that has uh stayed with us here so you'll have a little treat now i think with this with uh devo coming on so are you on there now devo are you here with us i am on mary okay devo welcome back glad to be here yes so we'll just let you guys uh talk about what you maybe want to talk about together we'll give you the floor well we had had a little bit of a conversation around 
what this might look like and and to kind of give everybody else a, a peek into not just how hard it was, but with some of the the really tender moments that um, that we live through. And I wanted to start with one. And we talked about the the year 2019 being the year of cancer and the surgery and all the things that happened and and so forth. And late that fall, um, after we'd gotten back from Portland and seeing Rachel, we were outside in our backyard. We live very rural and it, we always would have campfires all summer long. And Kevin Devo would, I know, I can't help it. I, it's just, Devo is his middle name. So I don't, when I call him that, it's usually when he's in trouble. So I, it's one of those where it comes to, you know, it's, I've, I've tried to practice. I, t- so I told him in chat he, that he was outed. Yeah, yeah. So it is. We he would. We have this thing. It is just the cutest little thing. Is that when we do campfires, he will make the. He he's an awesome Boy Scout. He makes phenomenal fires. He uses birch wood. It smells amazing. For those of you that don't know that birch wood smoke from birch is just heaven. And he will make fires and then we'll roast marshmallows because I like roasted marshmallows, but I don't like burnt roasted marshmallows. I like golden brown roasted marshmallows. So we had gone the whole entire summer and we hadn't had a fire and I hadn't had roasted marshmallows. And he said, why don't we have a fire? So it was almost, almost October and we were outside and he made a fire. We were sitting in the, in the chairs underneath the stars and where we live we have northern lights and stars because we don't have light pollution. And I could feel something really heavy on my heart and I needed to talk to him about it. And I asked him, I said, how did you do what you did? Because I can't imagine, I know what my side of the experience was, but I can't imagine what it was like for you. And with that being said, I also, want you to know and this is me talking to him is that it scares me when i think about what you went through and how hard that was and what you did and if if the situation had been reversed i have tremendous shame and guilt and disappointment because i don't know that i could have done or would do the same for you if the situation was reversed and it broke my heart to to step into that space and to feel that, oh my God, could I have done what he did for me, for him, if it was the other way around? And we know that this comes, um, we had a large, long conversation and what he told me, he said, you know, we know and we believe that obedience to God is what we're asked to do. And he's told me, he said, I have no doubt in my mind that if God asked you to do that and it helped you through, that you would absolutely do the same for me. But it broke me to actually share that I thought I could not do for him what he had done for me. And that's a very intimate detail of things that I think as couples, um, as a couple, we were forged in fire. And because of what we went through, we were bonded in a way. I don't know. I don't know how it could have happened otherwise. 
that we are so bonded and so strong because of what we've experienced together, not only in our faith, but in our life and the events of our life that um, uh, good luck trying to take us apart. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. So how did you, um, Devo, how did you feel in that moment or anything you'd want to share about that? Well, in that moment when Ivisto was said that to me, I knew deep in my heart that there was no doubt that she would have been able to do everything I did and better. I knew that. I just yeah. knew her and I knew what would have God done working through her. Um, it's one of those things. She's had the pleasure of being a parent. I have not. But you step up for your children. She would have stepped up for me. Right. Yeah. 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 I agree. Thank you. I believe that. Right. And, but it, it was such an honest aspect of when she said that and did everything to, you know, said that to me, I was like, wow, you know, that's being so open and honest. Mm -hmm. And it was a beautiful time for us. It kind, of, it kind of reminds me of just a, a little glimpse into a, just a conversation that um, Ivistas and I, we've had lots of conversations, but um, it, about the surrender and that um, what love really looks like. And if you want to share that, I think that would be awesome about surrender and what that means. The sur surrender, you know, it, I'm not sure that I really know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, but I'm not sure that I can vocalize it or verbalize it correctly. I know with when I finally surrendered, when I surrendered to God or when I surrendered to High Vista for my our relationship, that is actually when I became the strongest. When I try to do stuff by myself, I'm not making it. Until I surrender and give yes. myself over yes. to my wife or mm -hmm. give myself over to my God, where when you do it to God, carries it on over to your other relationships and stuff. But you need to do it in every relationship. Give yourself strength and be strong. Yeah. Exactly. She had uh, had a conversation. We had had a conversation, and she talked, and she wrote it on the big whiteboard that she has about um, surrender is laying it all down, and um, then deciding which pieces that you're you're going to pick up. You will pick up. Yeah, you pick up and take forward with you. Yes. That just it totally reminded me of that very deep truth there so so anything else that you would you guys would want to share just go ahead and and uh we're we're just so honored that you're both I, on here together it's <laughs> i i think we talked about a lot of other things um that we might talk about but at this point in time i 
Devo, you tell me, we're very appreciative to have the space and to share what what love looks like for us and to have shared the story it's we've taken a we've taken up a, a, the perfect amount of time it maybe it feels like uh maybe it feels like it's time to be complete for now hey god always has the perfect time doesn't he <laughs> thank you thank you both thank you both for coming on it's very uh very much an honor to blessing. have have you here and to um, just pour it all out and it's very clear that the both of you are braided together with the lord thank you amen amen well mary that was amazing devo hi visas god bless you thank you for doing it oh thank you what a great example of what God can do. I, I, um, uh, my, my thoughts are high visas. There's, there's no way that you would even have made it through that without God. That's just an incredible story. And, and a lot of us were in, in tears and, and watery eyes. And, uh, just amazing what God can do. It's just amazing. And it's one of those stories where you say, Without God, she wouldn't have made it. There's no way. And she's, she's got people saying, that's an amazing story. How is it possible? Through God, everything is possible. That's why you're here. Amen. Yes. And, and what a great example of what a loving couple is. Uh, as, as a married couple gets closer to God, you see they get closer to each other as well. Isn't that yeah. something how that works? Yeah. Truly really amazing. Awesome. Do you guys... Yeah. Do you guys have any questions for us? I mean, I probably should have said that, that, I mean, we're complete, but if there's, is there anything that you guys, that maybe we didn't touch on or that you would like to know about or, you know, or if we're complete, awesome as well. Well, I, I, I don't really have a question, but I just wanted to say thank you for sharing the story about the Christmas and the joy. And um, I, of course, had heard that before tonight, but it was still just so impactful and um thank you for sharing that and it knowing everything how you know as we've all shared and in, in how the story has unfolded here tonight that it was it's even more impactful i think for people so thank you for sharing that our pleasure it is our pleasure and it was very evident that the enemy didn't want this to be told tonight because we had so much trouble with all that. But, you know, again, another opportunity to pray, right? So, yeah. There was one question from uh, Matt of Matt and Hev. He was wondering who does the dishes. <laughs> Devo, would you like to speak to that? <laughs> I, I kind of responded to him that. Usually, I do the dishes because High Vista is an awesome cook, and she usually does the cooking. So yeah. Yeah. I need to do something. I mean, she does the dishes also a lot of the times too, but I try to be able to do them just because she does a lot of the cooking. Right. Cook, don't clean. 
Well, actually, that's not true. It is it is teamwork, and you know, and he sells himself a little short here. You know, his humbleness comes out because he will. Um, we prepare food together, and he is my sous chef, and he's very very good at it. Yes. It's just another example of why you guys are such an awesome couple. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I I know that uh, God has so much in store for both of you, but also um, the lives that you touch and you touch quite a bit tonight, a lot of people. So, and you, and it will even touch more as people are listening to this. So yeah, again, I, I agree with Ron that it, it just comes through that God is, gets you through everything. All glory is his. Yeah. All glory is his. Uh, Amen. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really happy that you're also in Minnesota. So you are a few hours away, several, but um, we're going to get together for sure. I know it. <laughs> there we go. Well, hopefully we'll all be seeing each other. We're hopefully Kansas. Yes. We got a wedding. We got a wedding to celebrate. Yes, we do. Yes. Thank you. Well, so, Ron, do do you want to um, open up the lines or talk about how? Um, uh, yes. How? Um, yeah. So I've I've opened up the call-in feature. So if there's anyone here tonight that has not but would like to experience the grace of God to be saved and accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, please call in Mary, and I will pray for you. And I'm going to read Romans ten nine through ten as always. Romans ten nine through ten says that if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it is with your mouth that you confess and are saved. So uh, first, please just recognize that you're a sinner. Uh, repent of your sins. In fact, if, you know, if you're having trouble looking for the words, you're listening to this as a recording, if you're having trouble listening to the words, just, just repeat this prayer. Uh, Dear God, I know I am a sinner. I want to turn from my sins, and I ask you for your forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is your son. I believe he died for my sins and that you raised him to life. I want him to come into my heart and to take control of my life. I want to trust Jesus as my Savior and follow him as my Lord from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're looking for the words, uh, you can go to our Telegram page. This is an official Godcast Testimonies and Salvation page. And that prayer of surrender is there. You'll also find Romans 10 9 there. If you like, please email myself or Mary at this is an official Godcast at gmail.com and we'll get in touch with each other or we'll pray together. Oh, whatever there is, whatever you need on our end, we're more than more than gracious to help you. We've got Bibles as well. Bible, please let us know. Yes. Thank you, Ron. So if you if you like what what God has done in High Vistas and Devo's life and you want that for yourself, there's a way. It's real easy. Uh, reach out to us. If you need help, we'd love to help you along. Um also if I could, um there's uh, just on salvation again, 
for all of you that are listening, we all have loved ones who are not saved. And this is something that I did this week. So if you're listening, please, um, if, if you got a paper and pen handy, Mary, you got a paper and pen handy? I do. All right, do this. I, I, I have a fing- finger and a keyboard, too. <laughs> okay, for everyone listening, do this. Get yourself out a piece of paper and a pen, pencil, crayon, whatever you got there to write with. What's that one person in your life that doesn't know God, that needs Jesus Christ as their Savior? That one person that you love that does not know him, write that name down. How that you've got that name written down. I've got mine. I wrote it down earlier this week. This is my goal. One-year goal. It's a one-year goal. Every time I pray, whether it's over a meal, whether I, I, I usually pray in the morning, wake up, pray in the evening, and pray throughout the day. Whenever you pray, pray for that person's salvation. Pray for that person's salvation every time that you pray. And I know sometimes we forget, but just keep it fresh in your mind. And then every time you see that person, share with them the gospel, whether it's something that Jesus did in your life, something that God has rewarded you with. Um, But be that beacon, be that shining light. Let them see what Jesus has done for you. Plant a seed for them and pray for them. And a year from now, I'd love to hear back from you. How many people got that person saved? How many people brought that person to Christ? Uh, It is why we're here. You know, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verse 17, I think. You know, that we're here to make disciples, go throughout the land, make disciples, baptize them in the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's what we need to do, bring the gospel to everyone that we love, you know, everyone that we don't love, our enemies as well. So please take that upon yourself. And and I'm going to pray for you guys as well. Thank you. Thank you, Ron. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Mary, what do you say? Shall we do an ending prayer? Yeah. You know, we forgot to ask for prayer requests and uh, praise reports. Um, um, I, I sent something in the chat early before the first uh, internet okay. crash. Um, but I have a few things that people texted me about, too, so. Wonderful. Perfect. Thank you. And God knows. So we'll just see. We'll see where it goes. Uh, usually don't have a plan for these things, but God has a plan. That's right. <laughs> so that's that's right. good. Okay. Lord, I love this part, Lord. I love every part of the night on these Friday nights with you, Jesus. But I, I just particularly really love this time right now. Because I just, you know, sometimes I'm just so thankful I can't even, I can't even express it. And so I'm so grateful and thank you that the Holy Spirit, you know, he intercedes for us when we don't know what to do or say. So thank you, Lord. Thank you for Ivistas and Devo, and thank you for bringing them together. Thank you for the the healing that you've done in in my beautiful friend's life. 
and thank you for just bringing her here tonight and just for her resiliency to just even even through this the things that we experience with the technical stuff that you know you have given her such fortitude and such peace and um she's ready to roll with the punches and uh it's not a kansas reference lord <laughs> you know, i just uh i just thank you thank you for my friends thank you that uh we get to know them a little bit better tonight and thank you for the encouragement that's going to go out from this and lord i just pray a just an over the top blessing for the two of them and lord i know that whatever you bless them with they have such humble hearts and giving hearts that it'll just go out and be multiplied and so Thank you, Lord, that you trust them so much with your purpose. And Lord, I just want to, I want to lift up uh, Duncan McGregor and his mom and John, who some of us know as MSM Liars, and they're all traveling this week. And I think they, they started out today for a big move to Kentucky. And so we we just ask, Lord, that you just continue to just put those angels ahead, behind, above, below, everywhere around them as they travel and give uh, live in peace as this is going on and just the excitement and the joy that she's experiencing to have these steps fulfilled right now that are um, leading them towards a beautiful life together. And so we just pray for good weather, Lord. We pray, you know, just bring them uh, just an easy path. But also, Lord, I, I also ask that you just give them some pretty unexpected surprises along the way of the good kind. And even if there's challenges, Lord, I I know that your Holy Spirit will just be working in their minds and that they'll just use those opportunities to increase their relationship with you or to share you with other people. So I ask Holy Spirit that you just bring that to their minds immediately um, throughout this whole time, you know, whether whatever comes their way. And we just know that they'll, uh, you've got a purpose there for, with this family. And so we are, we are confident, Lord, that you are going to bring them through. And um, also I want to uh, lift up everyone that was, um, everyone that was prayed about today in, in Bended Knee earlier. I just want to um, pray again with just in agreement with all of the prayers for that and for this new uh, new operation vineyard that's um, started out with with bards and we just we pray a quickening in that and that people will be drawn in to help and to help heal and restore children through this. So I thank you Lord for that and uh, bring clarity and focus in that mission. And 
I also want to lift up, I have uh, a friend of mine from the ranch who was uh, diagnosed with throat cancer and is going to be starting some treatment. His name is Dan. And so, Lord, I want to lift up Dan to you right now and um, all that he um, is going to be going through. And, Lord, I don't know if he was listening tonight, but he surely came to mind during this testimony. So. Um, Again, thank you for the divine appointment in that because, Lord, I'll share this with him if he wasn't already listening. And um, I don't know, Lord, I can't really think of anything except for just a big thank you for everything. And for, you know, anybody that's going to be listening to this, that they'll be brought closer to you. Because you like to work that way, I think. <laughs> so, thank you for bringing everybody here tonight. I love you, Jesus. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank amen. you. Well, wow. hi, Vistas and Devo. I almost don't want to end the podcast. Can we just keep going for another couple hours? These guys are awesome. I know. Can we do, well, a, can we do a part three tomorrow or something? Well, I, Vistas and I are used to three, four hour conversations. So. Oh, man. Can you, can you post, record, and post those or something? <laughs> Which is another attribute of Devo that he he's so gracious in that and allows her that time to talk to me. She has a lot of information to share and. And you do too. I enjoy being her being well, We caught you on uh, the Con Lee last night, and that was just awesome. Um, just Thank awesome, you. absolutely awesome. And one thing I noticed is that would you say you you refer to where you live at as East Dakota? East Dakota, yeah. <laughs> I love that, that. Actually, might be you know, there's people trying to make that a real thing. I I did get that. I, I understand yeah. that they're they're in the. Uh, in the legislature for Minnesota. Yep. Yep. That's beautiful. Thank you guys so much again for joining us. Um, if, uh, if any of you guys would like to come on and, and co-host, you guys are more than welcome to have you come on and pray, and and we'd love to just have you back again. And uh, Or maybe you guys can come back next year and do an update for your testimony if you'd like. Well, however you guys would like, we'd love to have you back in any capacity. What a pleasure it's been. Thank you so much. I agree. And don't forget Thank to come you. back on to Zoom because we want to say goodbye to you and yeah, chat with it in the after show. So, okay. Thank you again, both Ron and Mary, very much. Thank very, you. We're very blessed. Yes, very God grateful. bless. Thank you. Thank you, God. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. Well, should we end this? I guess. I, mean, I know I got fun. like a perma grin on my face. <laughs> I, know, you. Me too. <laughs> I mean, I've, uh, you know, as she brought me to, she brought me to tears a couple times. I got a little watery eyed and, and then just uh, joy too from seeing just such a, a loving married couple. It's just something that is just refreshing because you, you don't see it that often anymore. You know, divorces just ran rapid in this country. Um, there's so many broken households and broken families and so many people that are just alone. And yeah. um, 
and it's really amazing to see that it's still happening the way that it was meant to happen. You know, and I, I think a big thing on that is that God is in there, yeah. and with God, that makes a huge difference. Yeah, it sure does. Oh, absolutely! It gives us hope too for us that aren't married. Marriages right now. will suffer without God. They definitely do, and they will prosper yeah. with Him. Yes. Well, all right. Thank you, uh, all our listeners. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thank you for the ones that stayed for the duration. Uh, we love you all, each and every one of you. Thank you so much for joining us. And to those listening on the recording, thank you. Uh, I'll, I'll probably post uh, both episodes tonight as a part A and a part B. So if you're listening to the first one, just I'll you know, go on to the second one. And um, we'll just do it that way, I guess. But uh, we'll see you next week. Who's next week, Mary? Next week, Tammy. Tammy. Sweet, sweet tea from Texas. Sweet tea from Texas. Yeah. I'm excited yeah. about that one. That's going to be a good I am one, too. too. I am, too. All right. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you next week right here in Podbean, 7 p.m. Don't forget to catch Conley. Got a half hour left. <laughs> thank you, guys. Awesome. Sometimes it's hard to breathe All these thoughts are shouting me Try to bring me to my knees And it's overwhelming Darn this head goes all around Feels like everything is crashing down Still I know when my hope is found And it's only you and ooh You say you're working everything for my good and Drowning out the voices all around me through all of this 
chaos. You are writing a symphony, a symphony. Yeah. And even little nowadays, the peace, drowning out the voices all around me. Throne of this chaos, you are writing a symphony, a symphony. Oh. Wow, I think that was almost like the perfect song, wasn't it, Mary? It was the perfect song. <laughs> he, he is writing he, a symphony, he, isn't he? He, he is. He's, he's the greatest artist a I know. He's the and greatest this, artist I know. <laughs> I know. And this is like a massive, massive piece. Masterpiece. <laughs> that includes you so that high many You You are a masterpiece. <laughs> yes. Yes. Thank you, everybody. All right, my dearest friends, let us not forget we're here for one reason, one reason only, and that is to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So please get out there and tell your story to the someone you love who does not know him. We'll see you next week. Goodbye, everybody. Bye. Love you. <laughs>